One of Northwest Ohio's greatest sports traditions is on its way. As the 2023 Dana Open comes to Highland Meadow Golf Course in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. And all Andy Alford has the ticket for you. Listen each day of the tournament as we break down what happened on the course, give you up to the minute scoring, and as well as recaps of each of the players' rounds. Follow us on Twitter at AllAndyAlford as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford for the latest up to the minute stats and scoring and what's happening on the course. And join us on the course Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the tournament from the ninth hole as we give you all the in-depth analysis and so much more. A tradition unlike any other in the Northwest Ohio sports scene, the 2023 Dana Open from Highland Meadows Golf Course in beautiful Sylvania, Ohio. Celebrating 15 years of this podcast, this is the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Spotify. You are listening to us on the plethora of platforms with the All Andy Alfred Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to our podcast, thank you so much for tuning into our show. And you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford as well as Facebook.com slash all Andy Elford. And welcome to the 15th season of All Andy Elford. The Tigers are struggling at night, so big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. While the Guardians are proving that they are still a quality ball club in Kansas City. The Reds take two or three out of Baltimore. Can't beat that as they come back to play San Diego at Great America Ballpark. The Hens with the number one prospect in the Detroit Tiger organization, Colton Keith. He's picked up right where he left off in Erie with the Toledo Mud Hens. We'll get into that. We're underway in Detroit. For the Rocket Mortgage Classic. A good golf course. Not a Highland Meadows golf course. But a great golf course. For these great PGA players. As the LPGA takes a week off. Before they head to Pebble Beach. For the US Open. As it just finished up. In beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. The Jackets make the splash. Thank you Anaheim. For Carlson, we pick up the right centerman who I think is going to be the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets. We have all the recap of the NHL draft for you tonight. We were supposed to have Nick the Money Man DeVera on the program tonight. He couldn't make it, but I promised you a show. So I'm on the air with you today, right here on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Domino! Hit to a home run. Come on! Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on 
Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, ah, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with the All Andy Alfred Network powered by Spotify. And you're listening to us tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Spotify Podcast Network, whether it be on iTunes and Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. For the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast tonight, as you could always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcoming you into tonight's show tonight on this, the 29th day of June, 2023. As the NHL draft has just ended in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. We'll break down the draft here in just a few moments as we'll go over the Columbus Blue Jackets first Columbus Blue Jackets picks as well as the first round draft picks as well as the whole draft for the Jackets, Red Wings and of course for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, we'll dive into that. Also, we'll die, hit the diamond, talk a little baseball as both the Tigers are in Dallas, at, excuse me, in Arlington, taking on the Texas Rangers and their woes continuing on. Uh, the Guardians are in Kansas City this afternoon playing their game. The Reds are headed back to Great American Ballpark and Cincinnati is going to be hopping this weekend. You got the Reds playing the Padres this weekend and you have Taylor Swift two nights in Cincinnati. So it's Huge weekend in Cincinnati. If you're in that area, good luck. Uh, uh, Mudhens with Colton Keith, the number one prospect for the Detroit Tigers organization coming in. We'll dive into that as well. And we'll talk a little golf as well as the PGA is up in Detroit this weekend for the Rocket Mortgage Classic at Detroit Country Club. We'll dive into that as well. So like I mentioned before, you can always be a part of our show by following us. On Twitter, it is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And let me get into what we saw last night. And we're going to dive right into the late, the final, final, the first, first, first edition of the Jackets Report for the 2023-2024 season as we dive into the Jackets Report and recap the 2023 entry-level draft. It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the latest jackets report. Right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the first of the 2023-2024 edition of the Jackets Report right here on All Andy Alfred tonight as we are on the air tonight as the NHL 2023 entry-level draft has concluded. The Jackets making some big moves, of course, did not make any big trades. They moved draft picks here and there. But it was a great draft for the Jackets, I think, in my opinion, what I've witnessed. And I watched all of it. I watched all the coverage, all rounds, from round two to round seven this afternoon, this morning and into this afternoon. 
watched a little bit of it. I I like what we're see what this team has went out and got. But you know, all the credit really has to start off with the Anaheim Ducks. Because the Ducks were scheduled to get Adam Fatelli and they were that he was supposed to go number 2. But the Ducks felt like Leo Carlson was the better centerman for them. And they went out and they picked him number two, which sets up the Michigan man, Adam Vitelli, to get and wear the Union Blue jersey for the Jackets as he is the first, is the third pick in the first round for our Columbus Blue Jackets. Vitelli, a Michigan man, great player. Uh, you, you know, he this kid is he's a Hobie Baker winner. He is... He is everything that I think the Jackets need in a centerman. And we need a centerman. We absolutely need a centerman. Out of eight tries the Jackets have gotten centermen, we have never hit one. We never got one right. And this time, this time I think we did. I think we've got ourselves a winner. This kid is a great player. Uh, what I've heard from a couple of the players that were at the draft party last night, Merzlinkas and Corrali, they really like this kid. So, you know, we'll see how he turns out. Of course, the developmental draft will, the developmental camp will start on the 2nd of July, which is on Sunday, and they'll go to the 5th, and they'll play games at the Ohio Ohio North Chiller, and they'll have that happening. And all the draft picks that the Jackets picked up in this 2023 draft will be in attendance for this draft from this play. But for Telly going number three overall, Helps the Jackets out tremendously. And we're going to get to the Jackets. We're going to talk a little Jackets draft right now. They pick up Fertelli at three in the first round. In the second round, they start off right off the bat getting another centerman, another Michigan man himself, and Gavin Brindley, a good player, solid player. It's going to help out help out Fertelli in the center role, help out this team. I hope to God that these two kids make the make the team and they make possibly make the roster for opening night it would be a great set starting point for the jackets it would be honestly i think it would be a absolute great moment for this organization to go into the right direction and to have a young young talent like that going right in i i really do in the third round the jackets picked again at the number two position they get william whitelaw who's a right winger and, you know, the Jackets needed a right winger, you know, and we, we don't know how, for me, after the third round, these kids that you get, you don't know much about. You don't know if they're going to make the club, they're going to be playing possibly in Cleveland, could they be playing in, in Kalamazoo, could they be playing with their, with, the, with their national teams, would they be back in the CHL, could they be in the OHL. Could they go back to college? We don't know. But we do know this. The rights are picked up by Columbus. And Columbus is, I think, maybe probably one of the best moves in the, in the draft. Now you think about it. you got Fratelli and Brindley right there, okay? Two centermen. You put Fratelli on the same line with Line and Provorov. Look out. If I was a Metropolitan team right now, and I'm seeing Columbus's draft, I'd be worried. I'd be honestly worried. 
Jackets in the fourth round had two draft picks. Again, at number two, they pick up the doctor himself, Andrew Strawman, defenseman, great player for the Jackets, another great strong pickup for the Jackets. And then at 18, they pick up another draft pick in Luca Pinelli, who's another centerman. So the Jackets going heavy on the centerman, and hopefully you know, it pays off in the long term for the Columbus Blue Jackets as they get another centerman at the 18th pick in the fourth round. The Jackets then kick 28th into the fifth round and pick Melvin Strawn, a goaltender. So that's going to help out. He'll probably be down in, in Kalamazoo if he doesn't go back to playing in with his with the team that he's been playing with. So at the 28th position, Columbus did not have a pick into the sixth round. In the seventh round, they picked at number two, and they picked Olivier Keston, another centerman. And then the final draft pick was to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas then trades the pick to Columbus. Columbus gives them the seventh round pick for next year's draft. And the Jackets pick with the final pick, the number 222nd pick. In the NHL draft, belong to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they pick Tyler Petal, a left winger. And this kid's a good kid. He's another solid kid. So overall, in my opinion, the Jackets draft, and this is not just being a uh, you know a fan and a homer or anything like that. I think the Jackets did a pretty solid good job on their drafting this year. I think they get a B on it. I don't. I can't give A's. I never give A's out. I think a B is a solid grade because we don't know how these players are going to work. I think Fratelli's going to be an opening day, opening night starter. So is Brindley. I think both guys make it into the roster. I think Brindley becomes a third line center. I think Fratelli becomes the number one line center for the Jackets. I think it helps them out in that case. But we'll see how it all shakes out. We, you know, these kids. We'll see how development camp works. We're gonna. I'll be watching a little bit of the development camp games and seeing how they run. They're all, how they look on the ice with other talented players and unrestricted free agents, as well as players that are under contract with Columbus and are trying to you know make the roster. So I, I, I like what Columbus has done in the draft. I enjoyed what they did, and they did a fantastic job. They did an absolutely fantastic job. So there is that for you guys right here on All Andy Elford. Now, on the other side, let's take a look at the different... Let's take a look at the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings had some big moves they picked up, of course, since they were in the local market. A huge draft slot for Detroit. Detroit had two number one first round picks. They go with Nate Danielson as a centerman at the number nine pick. I like that pickup for Columbia, uh, for Detroit. I think Steve Eiserman had, had a plan this entire draft, and he did a fantastic job. He did a fantastic job in it. They also had the 17th pick overall in the number one in, in the first round. And they pick Axel Sandlin Picalta, a defenseman. Great pickup for Colum- for Detroit on that. I keep saying Columbus, but I want to say Detroit. It's a great pickup for Detroit in that realm. I think that that's going to help them out. I think both guys could possibly make the opening night roster. And, you know, that's a, that's a great, great sign. Now, the big move I have to say before we get into rounds two through seven is what happened this morning. The Red Wings made a, the Edmonton Oilers traded two players to the Detroit Red Wings that I think, in my opinion, could possibly put Detroit into a playoff position. And I say that, they pick up two solid players, two solid players out of this whole situation. 
out of this whole situation. They pick up Yamamoto and Kostinen from Edmonton for future considerations. For future considerations. I think, in my opinion, that is a great move from Stevie Y. I think that's a great move for Detroit. Detroit makes that move, and they do a great job with it. I, I, I think they're in the, making their way. They're trying to get back to the realm of playoff relevancy again, and I'm fine with that. I am for that tremendously, tremendously. So we get into the second round. They take Trey Augustine at the ninth pick in the second round, and then they had three consecutive picks in that round that they trade their 11th pick overall to... To Vegas for a consideration for later on in the draft. They pick Trey Augustine at nine. They take Andrew Gibson, a defenseman. And Augustine, by the way, goaltender. Could he be another Sebastian Cosa? Could he be in in Toledo for this season? We don't know. We don't know. Andrew Gibson, a defenseman at 10. They picked him up again. And then at 15, they pick up Braden, Brady Cleveland, who in the in the U.S. Developmental League, and I got a chance to watch him play against against uh, Bowling Green. Fantastic player, fantastic player. I, I reminds me reminds me more. Of, uh, he's a early Nicholas Lidstrom. So this is a great pickup for the for the Red Wings. Got to say that. So Brady Cleveland, I think, could be a, a, a walleye. Could be a walleye, but I I, I would like to see him in Grand Rapids and see how Watson will do with him. Then we get into the third round. They have the ninth pick overall, and they take Noah Dower-Nielsen, a left winger. Great pickup for them on that run. They go into the fourth round. They pick up a defenseman again, and they pick up two defensemen in the fourth and fifth round. In the 21st pick overall in the fourth round, they pick up Larry Keenan. And then in the fifth round, at the ninth pick overall, they pick up Jack Penlin, Pedaline on defensive front. And then in the 19th pick overall, 19th pick in the fifth round, they pick up Kevin Finkner, left winger. And then in the sixth round, they pick another goaltender in Rudy German. And I like this kid. This kid's a good kid and solid player. He goes down a little early, in my opinion, but in my but I, I like what he does. I like what he's like what I see, and I'm I'm fine with it. So I'm fine with that. And then finally, the final pick for the Detroit Red Wings was was in the ninth ninth pick at the seventh round. It was Emin, Emmett Finney, a centerman for the Detroit Red Wings. And the Wings did a pretty good job, I think, in their draft. They did pretty well. But, of course, the big story out of the whole draft was Connor Bedard going number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Hawks picking up the number one overall draft pick. I still think it's I, – I still don't like that they got the number one draft pick, but that that's nor here nor there. We'll see how he does this season. And a lot of the developmental camps will start this upcoming week. So we'll see how Bedard will do. He is going to wear number 98. So that's a big that's a big information piece, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, uh, Bedard goes number one. Overall, the Hawks had another pick of the 19th pick in the first round. They take Olivier, Olivier Moore, another centerman. The Hawks then go into the second round, and they go get Josh Bailey out of the New York Islanders. A trade for a 
Bailey for a draft pick in 2024. I like the move for that. You know, it's building more momentum. And the Hawks going after getting Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno from the Boston Bruins. You know, it's a good move. Really, it's a good move. Hawks in the second round. In the third pick, had got Adam Gajen, goaltender. Great goaltender. I think he could be in Rockford, possibly, possibly with Indianapolis to start the season. In the second round, they had three picks. At the 12th pick, they take Roman Kisnetsov, a right winger. And then in the 23rd pick, they take Martin Miznak in the right wing as well, too. In the third round, they went third overall. They take Nick Landis, who is a left winger. And then in the 29th pick overall, they take Yuri Fetchman, another centerman, in their pick. In the fourth round, third round pick, they took Alex Picard, another center centerman. And then in the fifth round, they take the third overall pick, which is Marcel Marcel. Yes, I said that right. Marcel Marcel. Kid's got two first names. Sixth overall round in the seventh pick went to the Hawks. It was Milton Oskin, another centerman. And then in the seventh round, seventh round third pick, their final pick was Jane Pendleton, a defenseman for the Hawks. And those are the three teams that, you know, we cover a lot here on the program and the three local teams in the market. But, you know, the Jackets are a big, big signing. The Red Wings are working their way and we get closer and closer we are two days now out from the start of free agency so that's a that's a pretty big move some pretty big steps to go into the start of the season you know and then we get into the the cold months which is july late middle of july august and then we start the you know start training camp up after labor day and we're starting the season back up again so hockey's, you know, hockey's going to be coming around the corner again. You know, we had a few weeks off with the with the cup final. Week off with the cup final. We have the awards on Monday, tonight, today, yesterday, and today. We had the draft. We're getting it right into the start of free agency. A lot of moves. A lot of moves going forward. And by the way, the start of the season has been announced for the Columbus Blue Jackets and also for the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings will open up in New Jersey for the start of the season. But we're going to go into, and I'll get into Columbus here now. Columbus gets the start of the season for them. They'll start at home on October 12th against the Philadelphia Flyers at the Thursday night, 7 p.m. puck drop for that one. And they got four straight home games to start the season, and it's a pretty big test in front of them to open up the season. Philadelphia, the Rangers, then Detroit Monday night, then they will then have three days off to play Calgary, then at Minnesota. Then they'll be at, at, at home against Anaheim in Montreal, and then they welcome in the Islanders and then the Stars. But here's, here's some probable games and we'll be at i'm guaranteeing we're going to be at this one november 11th one o'clock puck drop little caesars arena the jackets and the red wings round two so there's that for Connor bernard and the chicago blackhawks come the day before thanksgiving on november 27th seven o'clock puck drop it'll be a the day off thanksgiving and then they'll be in New Jersey the following day for a 3 o'clock puck drop for that one. Uh, you're looking for the Leafs games. The Leafs games are in December. They will be in 
Toronto on the 14th of December, and then they will host the Leafs again on the 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve Eve, and then on the 29th against the Leafs again. So there's that for you. The Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights for Columbus. They will be ho- they will host the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, let me pull it up here for you. Ah, here it is. Here it is right here. Vegas comes to Columbus. Just had it. Vegas comes to Columbus March the 4th. That's a Monday night. 7 o'clock puck drive for that one. A lot of Tuesday games for the Jackets. A lot of Thursday games for the Jackets. And a lot of weekend games for the Jackets, of course. Uh, March the 9th, they play Nashville at Nationwide Arena. That's a 12.30 puck drop for that one. Uh, April 1st, New Year- on April Fool's Day, it will be the Colorado Avalanche coming to Nationwide Arena. The final game of the season will be April 16th. That will be against the Carolina Hurricanes in that affair for you guys, for the Blue Jackets. For the Red Wings, looking at their schedule going into the 2023-2024 season. Let me pull it up here for you guys really quickly. Here it is. So the the Red Wings will open up on the road November, um, excuse me, October 12th at New Jersey. They will have the home opener, which will be on October 14th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Winnipeg comes to Detroit October 26th. Pittsburgh's first trip will be October 18th. They will also play Seattle October the 24th at Little Caesars Arena. And by the way, that puck drop, a 815 puck drop for that one. Uh, they will have the Boston Bruins on November the 4th, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. The first game against the Leafs, which will be on, which is weird in my opinion. I'm just looking at the time. Uh, November 17th. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. According to the NHL website, it will be Toronto, the 17th of November, a 2 p.m. puck drop. That's a Friday at 2 p.m. So there's that. That's a weird time for that game. And they're in Ottawa the night day before for a 2 o'clock puck drop. That's weird, too, looking at their schedule. Uh, they host Vegas on January 27th, 7 o'clock puck drop. They will host... Tampa Bay will host the King LA Kings the 13th of January, 7 o'clock puck drop. Edmonton, Connor McDavid that Thursday at 7 o'clock puck drop. Um, let me see here. Looking for anything else. Rangers on April the 5th. Gave you that. And one more for you guys. Uh, Arizona on the 14th of March. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop. But that is a weird time for that game on no- in November. November 16th at Ottawa at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then November 17th against Toronto at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Weekday games at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That is weird. Especially for Detroit standards. That's very, very weird. But there will be 15 games, 32 teams. Excuse me. There will be 15 games on the day after Thanksgiving. Everybody will play on the day after Thanksgiving. So there's that for you guys. So, you know, that's that's pretty much all that's, you know, going on. Of course, the NHL draft 
Bernard goes number one overall. The big another big news. This is just coming into us right now. The Hawks trade the seventh round pick. Their seventh round pick from this year. I forgot to mention this. Their seventh round pick to the Lightning in exchange for Corey Perry. That is a huge move. And that's like a that's like a slap in the face. By the way, Timu Meyer from the the, from the New Jersey Devils signs an eight-year, $70.4 million contract to stay with the with the, uh, with the New Jersey Devils. And I've got to make mention of this, too. It, w- it was reported from the artillery as well as a good source, who I get my sources from, is that Saturday is the expected date, free agency, the first day of free agency, it's the expected date that Mike Babcock will be named the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Babcock is estimated getting a two-year deal worth $4 million. Uh, and he has, I think that's a great move for just to get a two-year deal. And we'll see if this Bab, the Babcock experiment will work. It's either going to be feast or famine when it comes to Mike Babcock and the whole situation with the whole with this team. I mean, it's going to be an interesting season for the Jackets, and we're going to be with you the whole entire time through this 15, 15th season right here on All Andy Alford. So that is the first Jackets report of the 23-24 season as you're listening to All Andy Alford today right here on the All Andy Alford Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever you're listening Thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's hit the diamond. Let's talk a little baseball. And, of course, let's talk some Red Lake baseball as well as Tiger and Guardian baseball as well. Now time to talk some baseball right here on All Andy Elford today as the baseball season fully in swing as we come now up to the July 4th holiday. And, of course, we're going to start first and foremost with what's happening with the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers struggling as of late as they are in Arlington to take on the Texas Rangers. They're actually playing right now and watching it here in the studio. Top of the fifth inning, they're up three to two right now on the Texas Rangers. But last night, of course, a bad showing for the Tigers. The Tigers fall to the Rangers by the score of ten to two. As it was, as Dunning getting the win, he goes to seven one with a two point six nine ERA. Once the loss, he goes to one and nine with a six point seven eight. ERA in this game. As you look at the game for the Tigers, home runs from Kerry Carpenter, his seventh of the season. But for the rain, and like I said, like I said, Wentz going four and two thirds innings, nine hits, six runs, four of which were earned, two walks, five strikeouts. He gave up two home runs. His ERA now a 6.78 for the Tigers. For the Rangers, it was. Jung hitting his 16th of the season off of Wentz. Duran hits 11th from the season. And Garcia off his 20th of the season. As Dunning went eight and two-thirds innings for four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. No walks, 10 strikeouts, and one home run he gave up. ERA now a 2.69. Game time, two hours, 27 minutes, 27,192 in attendance. But the big story, of course, out of that was that Miguel Cabrera thrown out of the game last night. Toss the game, and it didn't start. I mean, it was not a very good showing. 
Texas put up four runs in the first, three runs in the second, two runs in the sixth, and two runs in the seventh. They were up 10 to nothing. And then the Tigers showed some life in the ninth inning. But it was, like I said, wasn't enough. They fell 10 to 2 to the Texas Rangers. On Tuesday night, they fell to the Rangers by the score of 8 to 3. They did pick up a win in the series on Monday night in Texas with a 7 2 win. And they are winning, like I said, this afternoon by the score of 3 to 2. They will now, hit, then after this game tonight, they will hit the Jet and head to Colorado to battle the Rockies for a three game series. That will start on Friday night, 8-10 first pitch for that one, 9-10 on Saturday, and a 3-10 first pitch on Sunday afternoon, a day off on Monday, and then 4th of July, 6-40 first pitch against the Oakland Athletics. They'll have three against Oakland and then three against Toronto before the All-Star break, and then they'll most of the team will stay out in Seattle as that's where they'll open up the start of the second half of the season with three in Seattle, Four in Kansas City before they return back to Sandy to play San Diego for three straight games, the makeup game against San Francisco, and then three straight against the Shohei Otani and Mike Trout LA Angels of Anaheim before they head to Miami for three games against the Marlins. So that's the Tigers situation, of course. Let's dive into the Guardians. The Guardians are in Kansas City, and they are up right now, bottom of the sixth inning over the Kansas City Royals by the score of 2 to nothing. They won yesterday, and they shellacked the Royals by the score of 14-1 to yesterday afternoon, led by the big bomb by Jose Ramirez with a grand slam home run. Grand slam home run, his 13th home run of the season's Season. The Guardians have four runs in the third, two runs in the fifth, seventh runs in the sixth, and one run in the seventh. Kansas City only had one run in the seventh. The Guardians had 14 runs on 14 hits, no errors. Kansas City, one run on five hits, no errors. Sandlin the win. He goes to 4-3 and three with a 3.14 ERA. Cox the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 2.25 ERA for, for Cox. He went three and two-thirds innings pitch. Four hits, four runs. Those all were earned. Four walks, two strikeouts, one home run. That home run he gave up in the game was to Josh Naylor, his second of the season. Uh, you know, no, excuse me, it was to Ramirez, his 13th of the season, the Grand Slam home run. Josh Bell, his eighth home run of the season. And Bo Naylor homering his first of the campaign this year. And for the Guardians, it was uh, Allen starting. He went three and two-thirds, and he's pitched three hits, no runs, two walks, five strikeouts, ERA 3.47, but Salen the win. He went an inning in the third, two strikeouts, no runs, no hits, none earned, ERA a 3.14. Time of the game, by the way, two hours, 47 minutes, 11,978 in attendance at Kauffman Stadium. The Guardians did win the game on Tuesday night in Kansas City by the score of 2-1. to one. They're in Kansas City today. They're up 2 to nothing. They will head to the north side of Chicago after this series for a three-game set against the Cubs, which will start tomorrow at 2-20. They will play Saturday night, 7-15, first pitch for that one. And the concluding game Sunday will be at 2-20. And then they'll have three games consecutive against the Atlanta Braves. That's a huge series for the Guardians. Three against Atlanta, then four against Kansas City, then the All-Star break. They'll then head to Arlington to take on Texas for three state before heading to Pittsburgh for three. And then the returning back for the Philadelphia Phillies, a huge series for Lucas, seeing his Phillies in progressive field. Three-game series, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd 
and then they'll host Kansas City for three, and then four against the Southsiders before they head to Houston for three games. So a huge series for the Guardians against the Cubs, and then Atlanta at Progressive Field. Then we get to what the Reds did. Now the Reds, and this is Red Lake Alfred talking to you, huge win for the Reds last night. They come and win and take two of three from Baltimore as they win last night by the score of 11-7. to Huge night for the Reds as TJ Freely had a two-run bomb to help out the Reds. Reds had had three runs in the first, three runs in the second, one run in the eighth, and four runs to explode into the tenth inning as this game went into extra innings. The Orioles had four in the first, three in the eighth to get it close. It was tied at seven, and then the Reds opened it up into the into the late innings as Diaz gets the win. He goes to three and one with a one point eight zero ERA. Ink in the loss, he goes to two and two with a six point eight five ERA for the Reds in the game. Starting it all off with the homer for Freely in the tenth inning was the go-ahead homer for them, his sixth of the season. In the game, it was Weaver starting. He went four and a third, six hits, four runs, all of which were earned, two walks and two strikeouts. ERA is a 6.96 ERA. Uh, Buck Farmer came in to pitch for an inning. He blew the save. One inning, three hits, three runs, all of which were earned, two strikeouts, and the one home run he gave up in the at-bat. And uh, for the Orioles in the game, it was that home run he gave up was to Frazier in his ninth of the season in the eighth inning. Gibson started for the Orioles. He went four and two thirds innings pitch, nine hits, six runs, all of which were earned, one walk, five strikeouts, ERA of a 4.66 ERA. The game time, of the game, three hours, 47 minutes, 54 minutes, 21,152 in attendance at Camden Yards. So the Reds, a huge win there. They won on Tuesday night by the score of 3-1. to one. After uh, Monday night's podcast, I got a chance to watch the end of the Orioles-Reds game because they were in that rain delay when we were doing the podcast. And I said, you know what, I'll get a chance. I'll watch the game. I watched the game, and it was just it, – it, it looked I, – I felt like the momentum from the weekend, losing the 2-3 to Atlanta, spilled into the Monday night's game, and that was terrible. But I think the Reds have corrected themselves and got back into the winning ways, and they've been a huge win by the score. Uh, they lost on Monday 10-3, to but now they took 2-3 from Baltimore. They now go home to play the Padres for three straight games. And these games, I mean, if you're in Cincinnati, I, I, I feel bad for you. You know, I, I know how the people in Detroit felt. Now it's now it's in Cincinnati as the Taylor Swift concerts have now moved to Cincinnati and they're one stop in Ohio, and they're now in Cincinnati for this three games. Cincinnati will host the next three games as is the pod. They'll play the Padres on the thirtieth. That's a five o'clock first pitch because the concert starts at seven o'clock, so they don't want to get the con. They don't want to get the traffic mixed up there. 5-10 first pitch for that one. Then on Saturday, they'll play the Padres, which is a 140 first pitch. And then Sunday, a 140 f- pitch at Great America Ballpark. And then they get to celebrate the 4th of July in the nation's capital with a four-game set with the Washington Nationals, which will start Monday, 6-05 first pitch. Then on the 4th of July itself, they'll play the Nationals at 11:05 Eastern. Washington, they'll play Washington's Wednesday and Thursday. Then they'll head to Milwaukee, which is a huge series because Milwaukee's right behind the 
which is right behind the Reds, and we'll get to the standings actually here in just a few seconds, and we'll give you why I say that. Three games set in Milwaukee, and then they'll have the All-Star break. They'll host Milwaukee for a three-game set and a long homestand. Three games with the Brewers, three games against the Giants, four games, excuse me, with the Giants, and then three against Arizona before they play Milwaukee again, and then they'll start that trip to the Dodgers for three, and then come back to the north side of Chicago, battle the Cubs, for three straight to start the month of August. By the way, got to make mention of this really quickly. Of course, last night was the 24th no-hitter delivered, the first perfect game since 2012. It should have been the the 25th because of Armando Galarraga. Got to say that right there because of, part of my language, because of fucking Jim Joyce. MLB should take a look at that and give Armando Galarraga the perfect game out of that. But Jermon delivers the first perfect game since 2012. 27 up, 27 down. He went nine innings strong for the Yankees. The Yankees took on the Oakland Athletics. It's the Oakland Athletics. He no-hit the Oakland Athletics. He threw a perfect game against the Oakland Athletics in Oakland. Oakland's going to get no-hit and, and perfect gamed. Nine times out of ten, more than nine times out of ten, uh, the whole situation. Just got to say that. Also today, the at seven o'clock on ESPN, the All Star Game and the starters will be announced. Uh, looks like Vlad Guerrero is going to be a part of the Home Run Derby contest uh, for the for the uh, for the All Star Game that's going to take place in Seattle. Uh, other games happening besides that, besides the two I mentioned, the Guardians up two nothing on Kansas City. Tigers up 3-2 on the Rangers, bottom of the fifth inning. It's the Pirates up 5-4 on the Padres, top of the ninth inning. At Yankees Athletics just underway. Tampa Bay up 1-0 on the on the Diamondbacks, my apologies. 4-0-7 first pitch as the Southsiders and the White Sox will take on the Angels of Anaheim. 6-10 we'll see the Marlins traveling to Boston to battle the Boston Red Sox. San Francisco is in Toronto to battle the Blue Jays. The Brewers are in New York to battle the Mets. That's a huge series there. Astros and Cardinals, 7-15 first pitch. 8-05 on the north side. We'll see the Cubs battling the Phillies. The Dodgers are in Colorado to battle the Rockies in that front. Looking at the standings going into today's play, the Guardians holding the top spot right now at 39-40 and 40. The, in the first place. The Twins at 40-42, and 42, half game out of first place. The Tigers, five games out of first place at 34-45. The White Sox, 35-47. and And the Royals are 22-58. and In the American League East, it is led by the Tampa Bay Rays at 55-28. and Baltimore, 48-31, five games out of first place. The New York Yankees are 44-36, and nine and a half games out. Toronto, 44-37, ten games out. And the Boston Red Sox at 40-41. 14 games out of first place. In the AL West, it is the Texas Rangers at 49 and 31, top spot in the West. The Astros 43 and 37, six games out. The Angels are 44 and 38, six games out. The Seattle Mariners are 38 and 41, 10 and a half games out. And the Oakland Athletics are 21 and 61, 29 games out of first place. In the in the senior circuit in the National League, it is the Reds holding the top spot still at 43 and 38. The Brewers are 42 and 38, a half a game out of first place. So like I said, those big series that get those three series in the month of July for the Reds and the Brewers will basically probably determine 
the National League Central. That's a huge series right there. They will then, it's the Cubs at third at 37-41, four and a half games out. Pittsburgh 37-42, five games out. And the Cardinals at 33-46, nine games out of first place in the National League East, led by the Atlanta Braves at 53 and 27. Miami is 47 and 34, six and a half games out. Philadelphia 42 and 37, 10 games out. The Mets are 36 and 44, 17 games out. And the Washington Nationals are 32 and 48, 21 games out of first place. And then the National League West is led by the Arizona Diamondbacks at 48 and 33. Top spot, the dot the Giants are 45 and 35, two and a half games out. The Dodgers, 44 and 35, three games out. So it's a three-way race between that those three teams. The Padres, 37 and 43, 10 and a half out. And the Rockies are 32 and 50, 16 and a half games out. Don't need to tell you who is the worst team in all of baseball. That is the Oakland Athletics, like I said, at 21 and 61. Kansas City is the second worst at 22 and 58. But think about this for a second. The three worst teams in the National in the American League. Oakland. Kansas City, Boston. And this is the surprise one. In the National League, Rockies, Nationals, and the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Huge. Huge. So that's a look around the diamond in, in America in the American and National League. Big series for the Reds as they take on the Padres. Tigers co- go out to, to Colorado to battle the Rockies while the Guardians head to the north side to battle the Cubbies in Chicago. And got to make mention of this really quickly, of course. Uh, minor League Baseball, of course, the Mud Hens fell last night in extra innings to the Columbus Clippers by the score of 11-10. to 10. But we look at the box score in this game. It's a huge moment. Big, 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 big debut last night for Mr. Colton Keith, second baseman, number one prospect out of for, for the Detroit Tigers, getting the call up from Erie to Toledo. And he had two big bombs, a big bomb in the game. His first as a mud hen in the second inning. First pitch he saw, hit a bomb. Parker Meadows gets his 10th of the season. As Scoville started for the Mud Hens, he went four innings, three hits, two runs, two walks, four strikeouts, ERA at 1.68 in the game. So there's that for you. Mud Hens, like I said, did unfortunately lose the game. They scored one in the second, one in the third, two in the sixth, five in the eighth. But the Clippers had two in the first, one in the fifth, two in the seventh, fourth in the ninth, and then two runs in the tenth. The Mud Hens had one in the tenth. It was 11-10 was the final. Uh, Whistler, the loss, he goes to 4-1. Bolas gets the win, he goes to 1-2 for Columbus. And besides the two home runs there, it was Seaman hitting his third of sixth of the season and Noel his 14th for the Clippers. Gaddis went four innings, four hits, two runs, two of which were earned, two walks, one strikeout, and one home run ERA, a 6.97 ERA. So the Mud Hens will take on... The Clippers tonight, 7.05 first pitch. It will be Plesak on the bump for Columbus. Toledo has not yet named the starter. Plesak 1-3 with a 7.56 ERA. It will be Logue tomorrow on Friday night for the Mudhens. He's 2-6 with a 
9-2 ERA. He'll take on Ekhoff, who is 0-1 with a 9 ERA. Saturday's pitch will be Simmons, 0-1 with a 6.32 ERA. Norris will start for Columbus. He's 2-4 with a 6.81 ERA. And just to name it really, really quickly, to give it to you, for Sunday's starter, Sunday and Monday starter, because they were going to play these six games in Columbus, and then they'll come back to Fifth Third Field on open on the Fourth of July to battle the six-game series against the Louisville Bats, which will be a huge series there. They will play those series there. I can't pull up that both teams have not yet. It looks like both teams have not yet named starters for Sunday and Monday starts. So there is that for you. So looking at the standings going into today's play in around minor league baseball overall looks like this in the international league west divisions led by the iowa cups at 44 and 35 games out st paul 44 and 31 five and a half games out louisville is 41 and 33 eight games out nashville 41 and 34 eight and a half games out oklahoma excuse me not oklahoma omaha the kansas city Kansas City affiliate, the Omaha Storm Chasers, 38 and 35, 10 and a half games out. The Memphis Redbirds are 39 and 37, 11 games out of first place. Columbus is 34 and 41, 15 and a half games out of first place. Indianapolis is 33 and 42, 16 and a half games out of first place. Toledo is 33 and 42, 16 and a half games out of first place. And Gwinnett in the last spot at 33 and 43, 17 games out of first place in that front. In the International League East, led by the Norfolk Ties at 50 and 26. Durham is in second at 40 and 36, 10 games out of first place. Wooster 39 and 36, 10 and a half out. The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are 36 and 38, 13 games out of first place. Rochester is 35 and 39, 14 games out of first place. Charlotte 35 and 42, 15 and a half out. Buffalo 34 and 41, 15 and a half out. The Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders are 34 and 41, 15 and a half out. Same with the Syracuse Mets, who are 34 and 41, 15 and a half games out of first place. And the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are 33 and 42, 16 and a half games out of first place. It is the Gwinnett Stripers who are the worst team in all of International League baseball. So there is all that for you guys tonight as we've circled the diamond, circled the bases. On All Andy Elford tonight right here on the All Andy Elford Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's hit the links. Let's talk and look at the leaderboard right now for the Rocket Mortgage Classic that's happening at the Detroit Country Club up in Detroit, Michigan. As it's now time to talk a little golf and other sports as well right here on All Andy Elford today as the PGA is now up into Detroit, Michigan, as it is the Rocket Mortgage Classic that's taking place at Detroit Golf Club. The par is 72. It has 7,370 yards. The purse this year is $8.8 million. And the leaderboard right now is pretty much stacked. as is Kearns at 8 under par. He finishes round today at the 64. Ryder is tied for seven, second at 7 under par, as was as I was at 7 under par. Onberg at 7 under par. Bennett as well as is at 7 under par. They both, all four of them shot 65 in the first round. Grimm a 6 under par, shot 66. Colin Morikawa tied for 6 as well at 6 under par, shooting a 66. couple on the course right now is Wu and Sue at both 6 under par at 14. They're going to be making it to 15 right there. Kirk 
finishes his round 500 par, tied for 10th with a 67, with Ricky Fowler, who's also at 500 par. Uh, Pedrick, 500 par as well, too. Hoffman, 500 par, as well as Wes Moreland, 500 par as well, too. Keegan Bradley, tied for 10th right now, 500 par. He's at the 8th hole as we speak. At tie for 20th with a shooting of 68 of the following players. Sheldon, Champ, Norred, Ramsey, Warinsky, Riley, Higgs, uh, Shermick, uh, and Moore are all on the course right now, as well as Bird is on the course right now, all shooting four under par. Lauer is at four par two. Keegan Bradley, the defending champion of the, right, of the Travelers, Finishes his round at three under par, tied for tied for thirty first, shooting a sixty nine in the front half in the first round with Glover, Smotherman, as well as Jaeger, Doe, Kraft, Young, and Limbrock, as well as three under par two. Uh, those are all players tied for thirty first. Looking at some of the other players, notables: uh, Davis, two under par, tied for forty third. Hadwin, 200 par as well, too. They're both on the course at 200 par at the 12th hole right now. Zach Johnson, 200 par as well at the 10th. Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, look here. Novak at 100 par, tied for 71st. Uh, Adam Lawry at 100 par, too. Max Homa, 100 par as well. Sevenson at 100 par. Uh, Wallace, 100 par as well, too. Uh, Scott Harrington, one under par as well. And then we get into the even parts. Webb Simpson's even par. Tony Finau, the defending champion, is even par, shooting a 72. Uh, Laddard uh, is at even par, too. He's at the 12th hole, tied for 104th right now. Uh, Rance Seneca, one over par, tied for 118th, shooting a 73. Uh, looking at some of the other one, Collins also at one over par, Johnson one over par, as well as Percy who is two over par as well, um, Blair three over par, tied for four, 148th, and yeah, that's a pretty much it. The leader right now and first spot is, I refresh it really quickly here, is Kurtz at eight under par, at the Rocket Mortgage Classic that's taking place up in Detroit at the Detroit Golf Club. The LPGA is off this week. They will get ready for next week, which will be a huge event, as is the U.S. Open that will take place at Pebble Beach, uh, as the ladies will be on Pebble Beach, and then they will come to Highland Meadows Golf Course after that for the big Dana Open that will take place, and then after that they will head to Midland, Michigan, for the big event that will take place there, which is the Mid-Dow Invitational Tournament that will take place there as well. So that's that's coming up as well. Uh, other news and sports news to pass along to you guys. I'm just going to dive really quickly into the NFL. Really quick, four players have been suspended by the National Football League for gambling, gambling violations to their orders. Uh, this came across my wire yesterday. Of course, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Indianapolis Coast and free agent Demarius Taylor have been suspended indefinitely through the, at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games. In addition, Tennessee's offensive tackle Nicole, Nicholas Pedrifer will be suspended six games for betting on other sports at the workplace. The four suspensions were announced 
today, Thursday, the Colts subsequently announced that both Rodgers and Barry have have been waived as consequences for their suspension. So they're out of a job right now. So that's good to see. J.J. Watt is going to be joining CBS. That's a big that's a big move right there. That's a huge move right there. Uh, also, congratulations are in order to the Florida Gators in uh, excuse me, the LSU Tigers in the Florida Gators competition for the College World Series and the LSU Tigers shellacking the Florida Gators by a score of 18 to 4 in that realm. So, congratulations to the Bayou Tigers with the win, taking two two games to one series and a three-game series against the Florida Gators in that realm. Uh, Wimbledon's getting ready to start this week. Their qualifiers are happening as we speak as well. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much all. Really, oh, wanted to get into this too. Uh, MLS, by the way. Uh, it was announced yesterday that Columbus will be hosting the 2024 uh all-star game at lower.com field. So that's good to see Columbus is hosting tonight on, on Saturday night against the New York Red Bull. 7:30 is the kickoff for that game on the pitch. So there is that for you. So congratulations to Columbus on that realm. Also this weekend is the big race in Chicago. 5:30 is the green flag as the NASCAR race will take place in the city of Chicago as it will be the Chicago street course. That will take place. Looking forward to seeing how that's going to lay out this upcoming set, this upcoming f- Sunday afternoon. Of course, Formula One happening. Uh, college football, too. Got to get this out, too. Uh, huge. Absolutely huge. Absolutely huge news out of college football, of course. It's that the D1, D1 proposal would shrink college Division I college portal is proposing cutting transfer portal windows in half. Total number of days would go from 60 to 30. That would be huge, huge. As of right now, the transfer window in college football that starts the day after a college football playoff teams are announced, which is December 4th, 2022, is, is open for 45 days. Another transfer window is open in the spring from April 15th to April 30th. For winter sports, it's a 60-day window. It'll go down to 30. So there's that. Huge. Absolutely huge in that realm. Also, the NCAA is up with regarding of the gambling situation with the NFL. NCAA is also updating punishments for athletes who violate gambling rules. They have amended its penalties for violating and the D one the penalties are as follows student athletes found to be engaging in activities to influence the outcome of games they are involved with or provide information to inf- people will face a potential permanent loss of college eligibility. Also student athletes who bet on their own sport but do, are not involved with their schools are subject to a potential loss of fifty percent in one season. So there's that. That's a big, big news story there. And that's all the big news stories and all the sports news right here on All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Spotify Podcast Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Again, thank you for tuning into the podcast. And now we've hit the end of our podcast tonight. It's time to talk for Andy Rance. 
So it's now time for Andy Rance. And again, I want to say thank you again for tuning into our podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on All Andy Elford today. On All Andy Elford. And thank you again for tuning into the podcast tonight. Unfortunately, uh, Thursday we were scheduled to have Nick the Money Man DeVera on the podcast. Um, we had a conflict of uh, scheduling. Uh, we can't get him on the podcast. We'll try to get him on the podcast before the start of the NFL season as well as get his reaction to the whole Connor Bernard situation and all the topics that he wanted to talk about. So I do apologize to you that you were, if you were looking forward to having him on the show. Again, I do apologize for that. So thank you. Uh, and I do apologize. I hope you f- forgive us for that. And we're going to try to get him on the air with you guys in a future date. So, again, I, I, I will harp on this again. It's Andy Rance again. The Italian Bowl happens this upcoming Saturday at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock in the afternoon at the Glass Bowl. Now, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's against two teams that nobody and nobody cares about. Nobody cares about. Nobody cares about. I, I, I seriously, like I said, I seriously don't understand why we have this bowl, this quote-unquote football game happening in our city. I think it is, and I mentioned this before on Monday's podcast, and I will ha- still harp on this again. There is no point to having this event happening. You've only sold 9,000 tickets out of 20,000. And how many of people are those people going to show up? When Saturday's high temperature is going to be 85 and there's a 50% chance of thunderstorms and rain. How many of that is actually going to show up for this? It's the same day as the big boxing match is happening at the Huntington Center. And it's also happen- It's also the fireworks that are happening in downtown Toledo. And people are out celebrating the 4th of July this weekend. And you're going to have the Italian Bowl happening on a Saturday. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why, why this is. You know, it's not driving any revenue. It's not going to driven any revenue. You're basically going to have, I guarantee you, I'm probably going to get the email either today or tomorrow from Buckeye Cable that are giving me two free tickets to the Italian Bowl because they need people to fill in the seats. It's going to be embarrassing to the city. It's embarrassing to the city when they have empty seats to send this game over to Italy. And there's no NFL players. There's nobody that you actually know that's you know used to play in the NFL, USFL, XFL. They're all Italian-born players that are playing our game, and they are playing at the Glass Bowl. What's the point? What is the point? Can somebody answer me that? What is the point? Huh? What is the point? The Jehovah Witnesses are bringing more revenue and businesses business than this Italian bull will. And don't get me wrong. The night market, I like it. I like it. It's Italian market, night market. It's great. But you're having it in the glass, in outside the glass bowl. Surely... Surely, these people who are there for the football game 
don't want to go and go to the market after they sit out in the sun for four hours and walk around. Surely they don't want to do that. But I, I just don't understand the logic of this for this in the city aspect. I just don't understand why couldn't we, you know, make a bid for a practice for a World Cup game? Why couldn't we do a a a, a, a bid to try to get the an a, NHL exhibition game? Why can't we get the Tigers to come back to to, to the Mud Hens for an exhibition game before the season starts? Why can't we do anything like that? We get the Italian Football League. That's on BCSN. That, again, I will say again, 30% of the television, television, actually it's about 28, 27%. I gave it 30. 30% of the television that are in this local market get Buckeye Cable. And I did the rating check on the Nielsen rating because I'm a Nielsen guy. Did the rating check? They're not drawing not even over over a thousand people to watch a game on a Monday night. It's just filler time. If you want to incorporate the international in Italy IFL games and the game of the week, sponsored by Marco's Pizza. Give me a break. Who cares? This is this is a this is. You should be marketing. I, you know what I would I I bet you get a bigger crowd, you'll get a bigger crowd. At Toledo Speedway, if they did an Arca when they do the Arca race, then you will have for the Italian football game. I'll tell you that much. You will have a bigger crowd. You have bigger crowds for Mudhen games, for Mudhen concerts, and for walleye games, and for an AHL exhibition game. I think that's what they need, and I'll get to that in just a second. AHL or NHL exhibition game than you will have for a for a, the Italian football game. This is a this is and Wade was like, oh, I'm so excited to bring the Italian football league championship game from across the pond to Toledo, and who cares? Nobody cares. You played in the mayor. mayor you had the mayor cup. And you fell on your face. I still think the funniest video I've ever seen was you giving the the correlation to uh, 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 Ottawa Park, and you just fell flat on your face. I love our mayor. I love him. He does a great job, but some of the, some of his ideas and some of his actions are some of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't like talking politics. That's stupid. So yeah, there's that for you. And back to what I was saying, I think it would be kind of cool to give Dan Watson a final proper farewell if Grand Rapids and Cleveland decide to do an exhibition game at the Huntington Center again. Do a doubleheader like he did again and give Dan a proper thank you. And let us see the future of both teams, of Columbus and Grand Rapids, and it's a good promotion for both cities, whether for Cleveland, for the Monsters, and whether it be for the uh, for Grand Rapids. And also, got to say this, too. I found out the other day that Cincinnati, their affiliation with Buffalo, gone. 
So if I were the Jackets, I'd pick that affiliation up now. Pick it up now. It's a huge pickup. Unfortunately, you'll have, you know, see if you could do a dual duel it with, with Kalamazoo and, and uh, Cincinnati. But if you wanted to group the, all of us together, group again, go to Cincinnati. So you go from Cincinnati to Cleveland, back to Columbus. Plain and simple. So we'll be back on the air next week for another edition of All Andy Alford as we'll get you recapped and celebrate the the holiday, of course. Hope you have a great holiday and happy Canada Day and happy birthday, America! Because I love you guys so much and thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. So until I talk to you next week, have a great, ho- safe holiday weekend. This is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Go Walleye! Go Falcons! Let's go Reds! Tigers! And Guardians! And let's go Hens! And more birdies! And less bogeys! Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody! Have a safe holiday! I love you guys! Happy birthday, America, and I'll talk to you guys next week for another edition of All Andy Alford. I love you, babe. Talk to you then. This has been a special edition of All Andy Alford, celebrating the 15th season of All Andy Alford on the All Andy Alford Network with the Spotify Podcast Network. Whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen to our show tonight, wherever and whenever you're listened, thank you so much for tuning into the show. You can always be a part of it by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. Podcasts are posted each week right here using the Spotify Podcast Network.